Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. It's Patricia Warby, the My Emotional Audit and Alchemy Therapies, and here today for another in my weekly updates. And today I want to cover the new transition, the new biology or the new understanding that's coming into well, healthcare. We'd love it to come into conventional medicine, but it's very slow actually to filter in to the conventional view. And it's much more keen, uh, keenly seen in the alternative or complementary side. And there are very good reasons for that, which I'm going to go into uh, towards the end. So let's get started. Um, let's just share my screen here. And we can see some of the points I'm about to make. Um, okay. So the old understanding of the body was that it was a complex biological machine. Now, obviously, modern medicine began around the time of the Victorian era, and everything was about machines. You know, the Victorians were fantastic at creating machines. We still use some of the ones they designed and built. Um, but everything was seen in the light of this. And so the body was seen as a, as a complex machine that would occasionally break down. So bits would break. And doctors were very keen to find out why they broke down and what they could do to fix them. And the idea was that very much you were healthy until you had a disease. Now, believe it or not, that view is still prevalent in that um, it's often seen that you're fine until you have a problem. And then the health service, which is really a disease service, um, comes in, kicks in to try and solve the problem, usually with drugs or surgery. But the new understanding opens that up completely and says that health is actually a continuum on a scale. And that the body, although it's a complex system, it's not a machine because actually it's far more intelligent than that. You could say it's more like a quantum computer. <laughs> I think that would be perhaps a better analogy. And it operates as a whole, an intercommunicating web of information. And it's not about parts that break down. So it's a systems-based model, not an organ-based model. And you're always on a spectrum of health and you're moving from one side to the other depending on what's going on for you. And we all have bad days and good days. And some days we're feeling better than others. And a lot of that is to do with how your organ systems are running. Um, the old model says disease is largely caused by random events over which you have no control uh, because it's all down to your genes basically. And your genetic blueprint uh, dictates how you, you will live and how long you will live. And then every now and again, you'll get these random infections or problems which come along to uh, assault you, you know. Um, and we've seen the war against viruses not too long ago, which kind of really epitomized that battle view. Uh, the new understanding sees that dis-ease is a manifestation of, of a dysfunctional system. The system already is creaking and, and stumbling. Um, and that genetic predisposition, whilst a very important component, 
is a part of the issue, not the whole. And actually, the the blueprint is not the only thing that controls how long or how well you will live. It's the expression of the genes, and that's called epigenetics. And the expression of the genes is actually controlled by your interpretation of your environment. Now, no, I don't just say your environment changes the genes. It's your perception, your interpretation of what's happening in your environment. So that's the job of your brain, of course, and your nervous system to convey that information. And it may tell, tell you that you're under threat when you're not. You know, this is largely the problem when I'm dealing with people with chronic conditions is that their body is in fight and flight and just believes it's a constant chronic stress state. And when you're in that state, um, infections are much more likely because your immune system is compromised. I talked about this last week on the, the importance of the vagus nerve. I'll link that in the description. Um, but basically, if, if your vagus nerve is poorly functioning, you're in fight and flight and your immune system is not working as well as it needs to in order to fight off infections, which are all around us because bacteria and viruses are just everywhere. We can't escape them. Most of them are benign or even helpful, but just occasionally they can become a problem. And, and the, the, the other point about this is that conventional medicine, which likes to intervene in very high cost, technologically driven ways, um, gives us the feeling that we're not powerful, that we're powerless. And should disease strike, we need to turn to the experts. And this is, you know, usually doctors, consultants, people in the health service who will fix us uh, like a mechanic fixes a car, you know, diagnose the problem fix the problem, sorted. But actually, that's not how the, the new biology shows us that things work. Actually, your beliefs are very much gearing your body towards certain states of wellness or illness. And so there was a famous book called The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton, which was an absolutely classic book. And it showed you how the body, and in particular the cell membrane, transduces, i.e. transforms, the messages from our, our thoughts and our beliefs into cellular machinery. And, and it's such a powerful understanding, you know, because we are the beliefs we hold, right? We are the sum total of our beliefs and the thoughts we think and the practices we therefore enact. So if we think we're unworthy of self-care, we abuse our bodies, you know, we overwork or we overdrink or we overexercise even, that's an addiction as much as anything else. Or we take no care whatsoever and, you know, um, we become addicts. Uh, and these issues are usually driven by a feeling that we're worthless, you know, that there's no point in trying to achieve things or uh, that will never succeed. That's what the internal belief tells you. And these, these are usually very early experiences which have taught us that. But the truth is we can change that. We're the experts on us when we come into connection with our bodies, when we really understand that the body is a physical expression of the mind and the mind is linked to consciousness and consciousness is everywhere. <laughs> uh, but we obviously embody our human individual consciousness while we're on this earth and exploring this lifetime. But we have tremendous capabilities beyond what we've been taught to change things. You know, spontaneous 
uh, remission is entirely possible for some people. It's it's not an easy thing to engender because the beliefs are so deeply in, embedded. But certainly uh, for the average person, it is possible to change the trajectory of your health to, you know, a whole healthy, happy um, feeling. And but you need sometimes you need some intervention to do that. And I would say also uh, the old paradigm says we have no responsibility for our health. You know, it's just random bad hand that we've been dealt. We just go and, you know, do what we can to survive. Um, but that leaves us very powerless and in fear of illness. And so we live in fear that something's going to strike us at any moment, particularly cancer, which has such a, uh, a myth, uh, you know, a mythic quality about, you know, uh, the strength of that illness and how it's very likely to kill us if we get it, because that's what, what we're shown. That's what we're taught, that it's it's a very difficult disease, which it is, you know, but it's the end result of a long chain of events in the body where your detoxification mechanisms aren't working correctly. You know, maybe your digestion hasn't been good and your immune system is obviously compromised. Um, and so giving people back their power and response ability, the, the ability to choose a different response is what I'm all about. To change this output into a functional one where your body can rest and repair and start to heal. And we need to do that by coming into connection with our feelings and allowing our feelings to be processed and felt and transcended. And when we do that, a lot of energy is released from the body, which allows people to rest and restore themselves. And so it's all about love, actually. It's all about self-love and understanding who we are in this world and what we've come to do. Um, I'm going to cover that a little bit more in next week's uh, video, just going more into the spiritual side of uh, recovery. But for now, just understand that this old model, which is what the current medical understanding runs on, is um, bankrupting the health services of most Western nations, you know, because the rise in chronic disease has completely overwhelmed most, most health services. And, and the reason for that is, is many fold. It's to do with the food we eat, which is uh, highly sprayed, highly processed, um, the air that we breathe, which is polluted, uh, and the water that we drink, which, again, is often treated with um, toxic chemicals in order to clean it, because we live in big cities with large numbers of people uh, drinking recycled water, which has been used for everything from uh, industrial cleaning, um, sewerage. Uh, you know, it's not just drinking water that is recycled. It's all the water that that people use that gets put back into the system to drink. So it's it's a very complex picture, this, and I don't want to make it sound like it's a simple fix, but we need to empower people first and foremost to change their lifestyles, to first of all, you know, exercise gently every day. You know, movement is so important for detoxification and for body functioning. Eat good foods. You know, good quality foods are more important than the amount or the type. But I would say, you know, good fats, um, a reasonable amount of protein and complex carbohydrates. You know, anything that's cheap and quick is likely to be full of um, rapid, rapidly digested 
carbohydrate, which is akin to sugar basically in the body. So white bread, pasta, rice are all treated by the body as if they were pretty much a sugar and that's got disastrous consequences. So just doing those two things would make a big deal of difference to start with. But the final thing is sort of getting your emotional health needs met, you know, uh, getting your emotional house in order, as it were. And if you find it difficult to talk about your emotions or to deal with the emotions that maybe have lived in you for years and sometimes decades, that's really where therapy comes into its own and, and is able to encourage you to feel your feelings through your body. And that's what I do. So look, this new medicine is coming, right? It's an unstoppable force, but there are vested interests that are seeking to stop that movement because basically you cannot license and make profit from most of the therapeutic interventions that I use. Um, so diet, uh, exercise and emotional healing don't have a patentable and therefore profit profitable um, outcome. So the, the big drivers of the current system, which sees, uh, you know, these surgical interventions and drugs, usually for life, once you've been diagnosed as the only alternative, are driven by the profits that they make for the companies that either license them or produce the, um, you know, surgical or interventional means so it's 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 vested interests that are keeping us in in this old system and when you understand how deep that goes uh how big pharma is is um infiltrating every aspect of medicine from teaching through to funding in the universities um through to individual doctors obviously uh, they get paid and then the methods of repayment for um, providing drug treatments is a, is a huge issue. But worst of all, I think, is that the regulatory bodies which are supposed to oversee this for, you know, for governance are not doing their job um, because they've largely been infiltrated themselves by people who, you know, the industry people. And we've seen that in the UK recently as well where Jonathan Van Tam, who was the chief medical officer for the UK during the COVID pandemic, has now gone to work for Moderna. Um, yeah, and if you can see any conflict of interest there, well, you won't be alone. So, folks, we need to speak up now for a new medicine. And that's why I'm here, really. That's why I write the books I write. That's uh, why I produce the courses. It's why I produce these videos. If you like what you're hearing here and you want to explore further, please click the links in the description below and get in touch. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Hey, hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.